Good morning and welcome to episode 18 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. If you are sitting back listening to these episodes and thinking, man, how could I share my story on this show? Well, let me tell you, if you're a illustrator, a graphic designer, an art director, a creative director, uh, something like that, you just go to thequickiepodcast.com, fill out a quick little form that will send us some information about you, and someone from our team will reach out to set up an interview with you. It's that simple, thequickiepodcast.com, and you might be a guest on the show. I also wanted to say that don't forget to go to iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the Quickie Podcast. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. We're pushing da- episodes out daily. A new episode every single day till, um, I, don't, I don't know, for as long as I can go. A thousand. We're going for a thousand. There it is. You heard it here. Um, so subscribe. Don't miss one. They're great episodes. Tons of really unique perspectives and great guests. Um, yeah, so speaking of guests, today's guest is Steph Ganea from Vancouver, British Columbia. She is the co-host of the Vancouver chapter of Ladies Wine and Design, which is an international female design community. She's also a GDCBC executive board member. She's also a freelance graphic designer and a self-confessed shopping bag hoarder. Look, she said it, not me. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Ganea. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Hello, Dave. Thanks for having me. No problem. Are you ready for a quickie? I am. (laughs) All right. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So uh, my name is Steph. Um, I'm originally from Winnipeg. Uh, I've been out on the West Coast now for about eight years with a couple years stint in Whistler first and some traveling in between and then uh, finally landing in Vancouver in 2014 to uh, pursue my dream of going to art school. So uh, I just recently graduated last spring from Emily Carr uh, University's communication design program. So that was a four-year long journey. Um, and then prior to that, I had studied a little bit of marketing and business. Back in Winnipeg. And um, on the side, I sit on the GDC executive board um, of the BC chapter as a copywriting chair. And then as Dave mentioned, I co-host the Vancouver chapter of Ladies Wine Design, which is an international kind of female design community. So and, ladies- I'm, and I'm a freelance designer. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a full plate. Yeah. <laughs> So Ladies Wine and Design, tell me more about that. So I started following them about uh, sometime like maybe two years ago, um, just on their social feeds. Um, it was started by Jessica Walsh of Sagmeister and Walsh, so very prolific female designer. And she started it basically out of a desire to kind of build community um, for female designers. She felt there wasn't enough um, women, first of all, in creative leadership roles, which I agree. Mm-hmm. 
And then also there was just a little bit too much cattiness and competition amongst females, yep. <laughs> lots of estrogen. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so this is, her, this is her way of kind of bridging that gap. And so basically it's like a salon night. It started as a salon night um, meeting either monthly, bi-monthly, and it basically was formatted so that people could start chapters all over the world. And I was really amazed to see everything from, you know, Copenhagen to, um, like, you know, places in Africa, like it was, it, it reaches far. You can check out the map online. And so I co-host it with, uh, Denise Villanova. Uh, she's my co-host partner mm-hmm. and yeah, it's awesome. I'm enjoying growing it. That's really cool that it's spread that far and it's probably growing quickly. I would assume. Oh yeah, for sure. I've actually kind of cool to say we had a little shout out on Instagram the other day. One of our attendees um, is starting a Kelowna chapter because she was inspired by <clears throat> coming to our event. So I think that's really neat to, to see. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so I would quickly want to talk, you said you were originally from Winnipeg. Yeah, you got it. <clears throat> Are you a Winnipeg Jets fan? Yeah, I definitely support them. I can't say I'm like a big sports fan, but they definitely deserve to win. Um, that wasn't good <laughs> uh, what was your childhood like and do you feel that you had a creative childhood um I think so um I mean I'll go back to even just starting with having a large kind of outdoor influence nature influence lots of camping fishing that kind of freedom to um to explore and that really as you'll learn later on um influences my design my my love of nature and how the two converge um, my mom, I joke around, was sort of uh, the tiger mom, the Eastern European tiger mom. So she, you know, they came from Europe. I did too. And just very much in, enrolled me in every extracurricular, like from camps to art classes to sports. So she, I, I feel I like did have a um, freedom to kind of find something I loved. Obviously, I, you know, tried many different things. Um, and she enrolled me in weekend math school, which I wasn't a big fan of, so I think there was maybe more of an academic focus. She wanted me to become a math whiz or, you know, take a more traditional profession. (laughs) Weekend math school. Yeah, yeah. It was a Saturday math school where uh, I was in grade five and taking grade six math, so studying for the year ahead. Yeah, if you don't love it, that'd be a tough one to swallow. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think then led you to becoming a designer? So I definitely credit my high school teacher, uh, Joseph Canizero. I'll hopefully share this with him. So uh, I moved a lot of schools between private and public, and I actually ended up in a public kind of vocational school for my high school years. And it was like the best thing that could have happened. I was actually taken out of private school because I wasn't really applying myself, (laughs) not on the honor roll, um, for, you know, traditional subjects. Um, So yeah, they had graphic design courses, photography courses. So I was in all the graphic design electives and was just like no problem effortlessly getting A's. So there was obviously, um, you know, a pattern there. And then my teacher just kind of nudged me and was like, Hey, like, have you ever thought of doing this as a career? Like what, you know, if you do go to Emily Carr, I have past students who've gone there. And so that sort of like was a very deep rooted seed plant. And, and then, um, yeah, I just started kind of noticing that maybe, maybe I could do something with this. And the funniest thing was he, (laughs) there was this, uh, Skills Canada design competition at the local college mm-hmm. and he asked the class he's like okay so this is coming up who wants to attend and lots of people raised their hands I didn't obviously <laughs> and um, yeah afterwards after class he's like so just so you know I in, I registered you so that was kind of like <laughs> nerve, nerve-wracking but also a really big compliment to be able to do that and having someone sure. 
believe in you. And he's since then still kind of like mentored me in the past. So, yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So that was high school, you said? That was high school, yeah. So then Mm -hmm. is that when you first started noticing good design or noticing design? Uh, no, I would say even sooner. I had some really funny, weird designerly habits. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so you'll laugh at this. I would collect, um, I would hoard like, let's say nice shopping bags, like even, even plastic ones that were well-designed. Like I just <laughs> yes. out, keep them. The, the funniest thing was I had this box that I just stored uh, clothing hang tags in. So like, no you know, the, like, so funny. I'm sure they're still at my parents' house somewhere. So I really definitely had a keen sense for, like, good and bad design and, like, good branding, bad branding at an early age. And magazines also. Um, I, I'm a huge lover of publication design and, and creating publications. And so, um, yeah, hoarded magazines. And beyond just the content, like, I actually just, like, noticed the design and the layouts and, and, and you know, pulled things out. And so funny. So <laughs> That's funny you say that, especially with the, the publications, because I remember Mad Magazine was like all the rage when I was younger and I would buy Mad Magazine, but I wouldn't go through it for like the jokes and the comics and the humor. I would look at the drawings and I always wanted to be an illustrator. I just never pursued it. And I don't think I was ever any good to be honest, but, but I remember Mad Magazine that's still sticks with me. For me, it was like, you know, nylon or something at the time that was like a little bit edgy for that time. And so, yeah. <laughs> Funny. So the, what's been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or something you've been a part of? Um, I would say um, probably, um, and this maybe ties into a later question of a favorite project. Um, I was able to uh, create a self-directed publication um, in school. Um, I think it was like my second year. And I had this also kind of, I don't know where it came from, but this like, thirst for learning about plants and foraging and nature and that kind of, you know, um, side of things. So I sort of decided, okay, I design a publication about foraging, like, you know, pick a couple plants, keep it local, learn about it. Cause I didn't know about those plants. Um, so I had like, you know, 20 different books out from the library was cross-referencing. And then I, um, uh, created recipes for them as well. So any, any, everything from like a seaweed face mask to, um, because I, I bartend, uh, you know, a hibiscus flower, uh, it was called Rose of Sharon, a syrup for a gin and tonic, you know. So it was really cool. It was just a, a way to showcase my new hobby and passion for um, plants and then tying bartending in, tying design in. So I'm really proud of that. And then, yeah, I also, my grad project was also foraging related. So, yeah. That's cool. That's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then where do you get your design inspiration? Um, everywhere. I mean, you know, Instagram for sure is very prevalent just because of ease of access. Um, it's the go-to platform these days. It's just very easy to kind of open your phone and find something like even just in like in, you know, a couple scrolls of like, Oh wow, this is amazing. Or like, this reminds me of something else I was thinking about and, and being able to like bookmark things is helpful. Categorize things that way. Pinterest is obviously very handy, especially in school or like when I'm working on projects for just kind of mood boarding. Um, yeah, just like you name it, like websites, people, documentaries, all kinds of things. <laughs> everything. everything. Travel. Everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Travel. That's a good one. Um, 
what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, I think right now, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely right now. Um, just this whole graduating a year ago and not being the kind of person that like was really seeking a job right away, like a lot of my younger um, counterparts. Because uh, I just, I don't know, I, I was still just kind of deciding what I want to do. I really did want to do my own thing. Um, and then also we had actually a ladies wine design topic on this, um, on uh, overcoming obstacles. So one of the big ones being imposter syndrome and not thinking you're good enough oh, and yep. doubting yourself. And so social media is really bad for that as well, because it's like you can spend a lot of time looking at other people's work, but like what work are you doing? <laughs> you know, like it can hinder that a bit. So you have to kind of yeah. balance that. So I think just right now finding my footing between um, yeah, just starting a freelance um, creative studio. I think I finally chosen the name, which I'm going to keep on the down low and just kind of starting to build that out, um, taking on a few like projects for, for people um, on the side. And then, yeah, just being awesome. It's, it's been an awesome experience being involved in these design um, communities, GDC, Ladies Wine Design. So that keeps me accountable. That keeps me motivated and remind, reminding me of what my purpose is because I bartend to make money on the side too. And it's very easy to kind of like fall into that because of the money and, and mm-hmm. lose motivation. So, yeah. Got it. So I look forward to following up with this question on the, mm-hmm. how did you get through it? I'm going to follow up with you in a couple of months and see, okay. yeah. see where you landed. Um, so mm-hmm. something you had mentioned in your answer, uh, a little bit about social media ties into the next question, which is mm-hmm. about social media. Um, yeah. how has it changed graphic design or the process of design? And do you feel that it's beneficial or harmful? Um, I think both, obviously, um, <clears throat> beneficial in the sense that, um, you know, anyone can be noticed is like, you know, you can, you can get, um, get exposure for your work easily. You can kind of make connections, um, harmful maybe in the fact that a lot of stuff is being stolen or repeated or not credited properly um and then also the yeah the kind of the big waste of time and like not knowing how to balance and like what's real what's not kind of you know mm-hmm. um yeah but i think overall it's a positive thing like i think about like how much amazing stuff like it's kind of crazy i follow like five thousand people on instagram and it's mostly like design or creative um related stuff and my friends are like oh did you see this and i'm like no i didn't because you get lost in my feed of like five thousand things you yeah. know so yeah mine is design and creative and the odd like car thrown in car stuff and food like food for me definitely oh i need to follow some food people that's a good point <laughs> um so who is a designer or a brand that you look up to or closely follow and what is it about them that you like um, I've been asked this question in the past and it's hard for me to like, you know, just say one person or one name. I don't, yeah, I don't, sure. it, I'm kind of spread all over the place. So I would say one, one studio that I really admire is a local one, Glassford and Walker. I'm sure you're familiar. So they're responsible with a lot of the, um, food and beverage, um, branding in the city, like the good, the good ones. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm just like a restaurant design nerd. Like it goes back to high school. One of my projects being a menu redesign. So it was Earl's at the time, Earl's menu. So I, I did that. And my, my mom went and got me an Earl's menu from the restaurant. So I was able to pick that apart. So yeah. And I just, because I'm, um, 
like in the hospitality industry, I take extra notice of that. Like, so details touch like special touches. And I think food is such, and food and dining is such a social and such a, so interconnected into our lives and, and our relationships. So I think design is able to sort of, you know, if done well, tie, tie this experience together. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what was the, what was the local company that you had mentioned? Glassford and Walker. Glassford and Walker. That's what I thought. I heard the Walker and I was like, I wonder if she, I missed the Glassford part. Yeah. yeah. So take us to a design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. And what was that like? How did that feel? Oh, yeah, I know. I was thinking about this one. Um, I would say that it was probably my second year of school and uh, let's just say managing uh, managing group work and managing personalities. Uh, I had this really like really just terrible design experience where I was in this in this tripod and it started off really well. It was like kind of a uncommon pairing, but it started off good. And then it just turned really sour. Like it was like, you know, my ideas would be valued and then they wouldn't be valued. And then one person just kind of took control of the whole thing and pinned the other person against me. And it was just like, it was bad. Like it blew up, like nasty emails were being sent to our teacher. And like, it was, it was hard. I don't even know how it escalated to that situation. It was just, um, yeah, a lesson in learning with like working with people. Um, Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is no. such a massive part. Of it. I think from the interviews that I've done and all the designers I've talked to in my career, um, you know, putting yourself into a silo was a tough thing to do. So you know, getting through those, um, you know, connections or relationships that just don't jive. And we, we totally like we resolve things towards like our third and fourth year because we just have to like we had classes together. So I think, you know, we we kind of snub that one out but yeah it was it was hard at the time and just really kind of makes you question your ability and your you know like are you good at what you're doing like there was some like really mean things being said and unnecessarily so yeah hard lessons (laughs) yeah tough one yeah so now switching to the other side what's a project Mm -hmm. that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing or you feel is the feather in your cap totally Um, so it would be my grad project. Um, it, it was hard to reach because I had this one other idea, teachers kind of, and then I had, I had two ideas and then teachers sort of steered me to the idea that I liked less. And so I took that idea way further than I should have. And, um, I should have trusted my gut because it was my project. And so I basically lost like four or five months of time and I had to like scramble and I was able to pull it off. Not like I didn't finish it to the degree I would have liked to, but um, I want to, I bought the domain, so I want to do something with it. So basically, it was touching on that passion of foraging, but now um, designing um, a publication and just sort of systems of both website and some other materials uh, for kids. So teaching kids the importance of foraging and learning, just basically connecting them to nature because there's like very real writing on things called uh, nature deficit disorder with having technology really? in kids. Yeah. And kids uh, so young. So they're just like not going outside. They're just like glued to their phones. So this idea of like, okay, if we get kids outside learning about their environment, have that curiosity, which they innately have um, and carrying that till they're a little bit older, then it sort of plants the seed for like sustainability and respect. And just, um, so I had this idea for, it's called seekers club 
And it was this idea. So this a publication teaching with illustrations, I made them myself. So I'd like to like push it a little bit further. Um, and then also I had some, um, accompanying material. It had like little, I had the idea of like, like trading cards that kids would have, but have little foraging trading cards. So different plants in the neighborhoods that are just common, right? Like there's edible weeds everywhere, mm-hmm. have like illustrations, descriptions, and then using like the community libraries to sort of like stash them in there. And you could like, you know, they'd have numbers. It would connect to a website. You can kind of collect them, track them, share them. So that's sort of a little passion project of mine that I'd like to continue with. That sounds really exciting. I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I have three young kids. So that battle of, yeah. um, you know, technology versus get outside and go explore, uh, that's a daily battle. How old are they? Uh, Ten, eight, and seven. Perfect. Yeah, maybe I'll use them as uh, test subjects when I've got a good prototype. Hey, you know what? If you want to take them for a day and overnight and use them as guinea pigs, I think we'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, so what's, uh, what is next in graphic design? What have you seen happening regularly? Do you see any emerging trends or anything happening right now? Um, I've mostly taken note of uh, packaging-related trends. So this can... Yeah, so basically the move towards less packaging, um, being more socially conscious, environmentally conscious. So I'm just curious to see, like all these, you know, package-free grocery stores and stuff. I'm just curious to see how um, how designers will evolve with that. Like, how can we still have like a lasting impact, brand impact in this space, but like with less packaging? Um, so I think that's really cur- like a curious trend. And then also, too, there's talks of, um, you know, our, our footprint as designers, like the cloud that everyone thinks just is up in the sky. And, and we just like, let's say, hoard all this digital resources and pinning things and all that stuff. So maybe, you know, Mary Kondo will have something to say about that. <laughs> so, yeah, there'll be some some interesting questions because, I mean, that takes a lot of energy and resources to power these um, servers and stuff. So that is an interesting insights. I like that. Yeah. What is one design product tool, website or a community you can't live without? Oh, it's hard. Um, hmm. I'm really in, uh, intrigued and excited for using um, this website builder right now, um, Simplice. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a portfolio website builder. The designer, Tobias, is really cool, worth looking up. Um, Yeah, so he's basically created this, like, amazing, like, sort of resource. You buy it, but it's like a one-time buy, and then you integrate it into, like, WordPress and are able to kind of customize a website um, through it. And just, like, the results are really amazing that people have done. So I'm sort of battling learning that and try to trying to build a website right now what was it called simplice s-e-m-p-l-i-c-e my um ladies wine design co-host actually turned me on to that and then another designer at the gdc mentioned he uses it as well that's cool yeah uh that's all the questions that i had for you uh hang on the line after but i wanted to publicly thank you for coming on to the quickie podcast i really appreciate you Sorry. No, that's okay. It's time. You got, it's that time. <laughs>
And uh, thank you very much for sharing more about ladies' wine and design. Um, so all uh, ladies that are listening to this, please go check out your local chapter. And if you don't have a local chapter, find one nearby, and maybe you're the one to start your own chapter. Instagram. We're on Instagram, ladies' wine design underscore van, and then um, we've got a, a newsletter subscription link on there as well. And yeah, go to the website and you can find us there too. That's great. Stephanie, thank you very much again for being on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you shortly. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Steph. Really enjoyed that conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. New episodes every single day. And thank you so much for joining us. See you tomorrow morning.